0: Hello and welcome to The Check-In, where we gather each weekday for community connection and conversation over the airwaves. Thank you for checking in with us today. As businesses in mid-Missouri begin to reopen, we are all moving cautiously and optimistically toward a way forward into the new normal. And the first places many of us want to return to are our vibrant small businesses. You know the ones, the independent stores, restaurants, bookshops, barbecue shacks that breathe life into our college town here in Columbia, and also in our main streets in towns across mid-Missouri, town squares and Fulton, Moberly, Mexico, and, you know, small businesses on the outskirts and many of these places. We all know this crisis has wreaked havoc on all of these small businesses. So how are they doing? How are they surviving? Today, we're checking in with three people working on the front lines with Small Business Improvement and Development in Columbia for a health check on the challenges and resources out there for our small businesses and entrepreneurs as they consider reopening and move toward reopening. Our guests today are Jim Witt. Jim is the director of the Supplier Diversity Program for the City of Columbia. Jim Witt, welcome to the check-in.
1: Well, thank you and welcome. You know, glad to be here at the check-in.
0: Thank you, Jim, nice to talk with you. We're also talking with Carrie Gartner. Carrie is the executive director of the Business Loop uh, Community Improvement District. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, Janet, it's great to be here. Thanks, Carrie, nice to have you. And we also have Randy Cole. Randy directs the City of Columbia's housing programs. Hello, and welcome to the check-in, Randy.
2: Hello, yeah, thanks for having me, glad to be here.
0: All right. And let me just remind our listeners, you can join the discussion if you're a small business owner in mid-Missouri. Let us know how you're coming through. Did you manage to navigate that process and get a Paycheck Protection Program loan? We'd love to hear from you if you managed to do that or if you tried and it didn't work. Or have you found other workarounds, which seems likely? Or maybe not. Maybe you're reopening, uh, considering the process. Maybe you've already reopened. Um, and been open about a week. How is that going? First, let me get a general overview from each of you. You're each working with local small business owners and entrepreneurs. What are you hearing right now about the challenges and the workarounds that they're finding during this crisis? Carrie, let's
3: start with you. Yeah, it's been um, quite a few months for our businesses. And and like all businesses, they, they really work to pivot in ways to ensure the safety of their customers and their employees yet still remain open. Um, and, and I'm saying that because we have, a, we have a lot of essential businesses on the street. So grocery stores, we have um, a lot of drive throughs um, mm-hmm. even home improvement stores are considered or repair shops are considered essential. So a lot of the trick was, how do we make sure that we can get the word out on what businesses are open and what they're doing as as a way to ensure some um, no contact sales or no contact services? Mm-hmm. So I, I think we've been we've been hanging in there. I, I can say um, what's been a bright spot is since everyone's been quarantined at home, everyone wants their home to look good. So um, whether we've got stores selling plants or you know home improvement or tools. Um, those have been, um, really popular lately.
0: Okay. And Carrie, you have about 170 businesses, I believe at, at one count involved with the business yeah. CID. Has that number gone down? Have you lost some or are people, as far as you know, hanging in there?
3: So right now we're hanging in there. Um, okay. and, and I know this is something I've been working with Randy and Jim on. We do not know what the long-term effects will be. And so we expect, um, delayed impacts of COVID. So we might be hanging on right now. The question is, how do we how do we help those businesses who might feel that impact two or three months down the road? All
0: right. Well, let me bring in uh, Jim and Randy. Jim, um, what are you hearing from the business owners and uh, some of them as part of the minority business owners um, coalitions that you work with? What are you hearing from them?
1: Well, first of all. Uh you know, I want to echo everything that Carrie has said because I'm hearing the same thing. Uh, a second, uh, you know, I think there's been a national discussion about the impact of on very small mom-and-pop and minority-owned businesses uh, that, uh, you know, this COVID-19 has had a fairly devastating impact. Uh, locally, uh, I think we're seeing pretty much the same thing, you know. Um, you know, I, we do have a resilient group of uh, of minority-owned businesses here in our community. And uh, a lot of them are in, you know, the uh, essential services. Uh, you know, we have a number of uh, businesses that's focused on, you know, cleaning and, you know, commercial and residential cleaning and things like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, some
1: of these businesses have been able to prosper through, you know, COVID-19 because there's a need for their services. Right. Um, you know, I did a survey of minority-owned businesses. Okay. And, and what I found is that uh, – Oh, about pretty close to 40% applied for the PPP uh, uh, loans, uh, and none of them received a loan. Oh, Uh, wow. So we had zero. Now, that's just a small, that's just a survey, and I don't know whether that represents, uh, you know, the majority of uh, Mm minority-owned businesses, you know, throughout our community. We're trying to figure that out.
0: Yeah, Uh, that would be great to know. What was that percentage again, Jim, that you said?
1: About 40% of the businesses that I surveyed uh, did did apply for the PP. Okay. And and, uh, the ones that that, uh, responded to my survey, um, as of today, none of them have received, you know, a loan or anything like that. Well, I know
0: getting through that application is an achievement, so that's no small thing that, you know, get 40%. Yeah,
1: yeah, I found that there were problems getting through the application. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some didn't apply because they didn't think that they could, uh, you know, uh, uh, get the loan. The ones that did apply... Um, uh, haven't heard back, you know, uh, whether they've received the loan or not, and and so we haven't seen any, you know, positive results from just from my survey. But that does not necessarily represent everybody. I'm sure that there's minority-owned businesses locally uh, that that received the loan. One thing uh, that that I would like to point out to our, you know, to everyone, when you apply for the PPE loan, there was no way to desegregate those numbers, you know, uh, okay. and to identify yourself as a minority-owned business. So okay. when the loans came back, you know, you're just going to have a, a number, you know. Mm-hmm. And out of that number, um, we really can't tell, you know, uh, what the percentages of uh, minority-owned businesses that receive that. And even the banks that uh, processed the loans did not keep that information.
0: So okay. We're going to have to
1: look back after this, whole, you yeah. know, at some point in time and really uh, see how effective uh, that program was in terms of getting down to the smaller uh, women and minority-owned businesses within... Yes. Businesses. And uh, that's a national discussion,
0: by the way. Uh, yes, that sounds like a really good national discussion, and it's uh, it's good to hear from you on this, Jim, and that you're tracking these things. Randy, uh, let's bring you into this. You're working on the front lines of, of a few things. Uh, we, you're usually working on housing for the city, but you have also been working with some of the small businesses. Let me just give you uh, get the general overview from you as well. What are you seeing and hearing from business owners that you're working with?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I've had a lot of help from people like Jim and Carrie um, and others in our community that have uh, reached out to us. We've got a lot of help from our local community banks as well, uh, helping my team re- rethink how we can respond to local needs. Uh, as you said, we, we typically you know work with mainly affordable housing every year. That easily makes up about 60% of our budget. Uh, but my team and I, uh, when the, the community and the nation started, um, uh, being impacted by this crisis we had a conversation I was looking back on May 24th is um, what are some tools under um, you know, our supervision through the community development block grant program that we maybe haven't accessed or haven't fully accessed in the past that could help respond to uh, the really big economic needs impacting our local small businesses Uh, And we uh, formulated uh, a program, a microenterprise program, where we provided forgivable loans to very small businesses, and we crafted it in a way to help um, really provide direct assistance to a lot of the really small businesses uh, that Jim mentioned that that likely weren't going to qualify or get the the PPP funding. Uh, So we put that together um, and rolled out uh, some previous uh, unexpended funds that we had available about ninety thousand dollars. So we, we helped eighteen businesses, uh, which was good. So definitely a small splash in, in the realm of need, uh, but we certainly tracked uh, built into our application process tracking minority and women-owned businesses, and we had we had some success uh, reaching out to uh, some of those th- that that population through the help of Jim Witt um, and, and Reddy and the chamber, as well as some non-traditional uh, uh, connections to the African-American community that, that might not be, you know, connected to the ready or, or chamber. And we had about, uh, we had four of the 18, uh, that were minority owned businesses, uh, six were women owned. So we, we had a pretty good response rate. Um, but definitely we we found out, uh, or we, we've concluded that we need to do more. So, uh, we have a couple other funding rounds, uh, coming up in July uh, and later this summer uh, through the microenterprise program. Um, and we've also cr- crafted an, an additional program called the Small Business Recovery Loan Program, which will help a little bit bigger but still smaller, small businesses. Um, and we're going to do a lot of proactive outreach uh, through Jim Witt, um, some partners at the NAACP, um, and other local partners to make sure we really get the word out to our, our minority-owned uh, businesses. So, All right. in short, the need that works. In short, the the need that we're seeing is uh, a high demand for our services. Uh, We opened our application period um, at 8 in the morning on a Wednesday, and uh, we had to close it down by noon just because the demand was so high. So I, I would anticipate that going forward.
0: All right. There's a lot to unpack there. I want to hear about the way forward on these two um, micro-enterprise loan initiatives. Let me just remind our listeners, this is the check-in, and we're talking about the health of our small businesses and how they're navigating this crisis as small business owners and entrepreneurs, um, specifically women-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses. We're talking with Carrie Gartner, Executive Director of the Business Loop Community Improvement District. Also, Jim Witt, uh, Director of Columbia's, the City of Columbia's Supplier Diversity Program, and Randy Cole, who's the city's housing programs manager, um, but also working on the front lines with some of these micro-enterprise loans. Actually, before we get on to the micro-enterprise loans, I really want to hear more about that, and I think probably a lot of our listeners do too. Um, I just want to go backward a little bit to this uh, paycheck protection program that seemed to be very difficult to navigate and also to track who was applying for this and who wasn't um carrie did you hear um from anyone we heard from jim on what some of his networks look like um, and randy's um, finding workarounds (laughs) that are local initiatives um carrie do you have anything to add to this or did you hear anything on 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 this process and how our local businesses were able to do
3: Yeah, you know, it it was the goal was to push money out as quickly as possible and I, and I think there was a lot of um you know, confusion about how that would work. I know a lot of banks stepped in and and were very helpful. I know that Missouri Women's Business Center and the Missouri Small Business Development Center were who are both business counseling offices were super helpful in making that happen. Um it was It was limited in a number of ways. Um, A lot of people were not eligible for it, and and I know that's why um, Randy was able to step in and and really help as much as he could with city CDBG funds. So it it wasn't a perfect process. There were people who didn't get it and who are struggling as a result. Um, We did work to direct them to different types of government assistance. But okay. in, in times like this, it's, it's never really enough, is it? Mm. <laughs> um, mm. Everyone's working so hard at pivoting and trying to keep open um, with the hope that if they can keep open for three months, um, maybe they'll be fine. Right. Uh, let's bring
0: another voice into the mix. Let me um, bring in Nikki Davis from the Downtown uh, Community Improvement district. Nikki, thanks for joining us. Uh, What are you hearing from small businesses right now, either about the Paycheck Protection Program, whether any of them were able to get any relief from that in your network, um, and what what they're doing, what workarounds they're finding?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, So we did do a survey to our businesses, and of the ones that Answered the survey, um, about 61% did get the PPP um, or the IDLE loan um, or SBA loan, um, but there's also another good percent that had applied for it and has not received anything or even heard anything back about it. Okay. Um, so it's kind of interesting to watch and see <clears throat> how uh, what the differences are where it's where it's kind of going wrong, going so wrong, think, um, so to speak. Uh, but a lot of that has to do with this ever-changing information on all of them um, even the banks themselves are having issues trying to understand but uh you know there's been lots of classes and Mike Terry said that lots of um you know good governmental institutions that are trying to reach out and help
1: okay uh, but
4: again it's it's you know Mike Terry said it's it's not going to be enough we do definitely need to continue um working with our city with randy and and helping our businesses uh of of gap fundings
0: well let me go to randy you mentioned um the community development block grants uh, response um, with micro enterprise loans and then also this new uh project that you're talking about an initiative the small business recovery loan with some july funding rounds i'm sure uh nikki and other callers and and biz- all the businesses in our networks and, and our listeners are interested in hearing more about that. What is the amount of funding likely to be in that pool, Randy, and uh, how can businesses uh, participate in those July funding rounds?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, for the Small Business Recovery Loan Program, uh, the council has approved uh, funding for that program in the amount of $400,000 uh, total uh, in order to provide those the assistance in $15,000 increments uh, and forgivable loans. So that that would equate to about 26 businesses. Uh, we are going back before council on uh, our application process at the next council meeting. Uh, we have a very thoughtful mayor and city council uh, that thought it would be good to look at uh, doing some prioritization that, that also relates to uh, Jim Witt's comments about uh, minority-owned businesses. So we're looking at We have a scoring criteria put together for minority and women-owned businesses. uh, You know, gaining a point, um, as well as providing some incentives and encouragement from a policy standpoint for businesses to invest at least a portion of those dollars into making their business more resilient as it relates to the pandemic. If that means uh, investing in a greater online web web presence, uh, reconfigured space, or Safety and training materials for, for staff or personal protective equipment. Uh, so I think that's that's uh, something good to look forward to. All right. uh, as far as our micro uh, our microenterprise yeah. program. Yes. Uh, right now, our commission, the Housing Community Development Commission, voted to recommend another two hundred thousand to that program. So that would be uh, loans of five thousand dollar increments. So that would be forty businesses. Uh, that still needs to go back before council. Uh, here, I think it'll be at the July 6th meeting, so we'll hear what they have to say and and when they weigh in.
3: All right. Thanks for that. And here's something that, Janet, here's something that's really important to know, and I talk to colleagues all over the nation. The fact that a city our size is doing a program like this is, is very rare. You look at cities like New York or Los Angeles, and they are using these type of funds to do emergency relief Loans to businesses. Cities our size are not doing that. So it says a lot about Randy, the folks in his office, and um, the city council for approving this. That this this type of relief is just unheard of for a city our size.
0: All right. Let me remind our listeners that you're on the check-in on KBIA. Thanks for checking in with us. And we're talking about navigating the crisis as a small business owner, some resources, some microenterprise loans that are out there and becoming available and available for you. We're talking with uh, our city housing manager, Randy Cole, who's on the forefront of some of these uh, resources. We're also talking to the city of Columbia's director of supplier diversity, Mr. Jim Witt. And we're talking to Carrie Gartner. The business Loop Community Improvement dire- District Director. Nikki, while we have you on the line um, with the downtown um, community improvement district, uh, Nikki, what do you think your business owners need to hear and need to see from these kinds of, um, as Carrie said, very rare, um, but city initiatives that are coming together? Um, you know, the
4: first thing that I think we're all trying to figure out how to do best is communication. How do we find out about it? Mm -hmm. Um, How do we make sure that they have the appropriate information in a timely manner? Uh, And I think uh, we've been helping them with that. And the more we are doing it, the better it is getting. Um, But a continued um, influx of funds is, is the most important thing. And then making sure they have the information
0: okay that's a great point uh nikki thank you so much for for calling in and joining the discussion today
4: thank you i appreciate
0: it okay take care um randy uh to to nikki's point it's all about the communication you mentioned that a little bit um we have these business improvement districts carrie is running them um one of them nikki's running one of them Um, are there do you worry that there are businesses that are out of the loop so to speak um and how are how are you going to Keep the messages out there to all of the small businesses.
2: Yeah, uh, I think that is definitely a concern for me and my staff, as well as our city council. Uh, but we've had a lot of support from our partners, uh, like Nikki Davis and and Carrie uh, and Jim Witt. Um, my staff and I uh, did some public engagement meetings back April twenty first and twenty second. Uh, they were more broad. We we just had the general public come in and, and share their experience of what they're going through with the impact of the disaster and how they think the city should be responding, and, and what we, what our priorities need to be. Um, and we did those via Zoom, so that was the first time we've ever done public engagement in that manner. Uh, but we had a lot of value out of that. Um, we had some uh, local leaders, including Nikki Davis, and Mary Ratliff with the NAACP, uh, Keith McIver with Men's Minority Network, uh, Annabelle Simmons, and, and 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 a few others that expressed a desire to do more outreach to minority-owned businesses that maybe aren't connected to some of those uh, more traditional uh, business entities or uh, support entities like uh, business improvement districts. Um, And we had a great uh, follow-up meeting as a smaller group with with those individuals, uh, including Jim Witt, and we talked about what are some strategies that we can do to help do outreach to those uh, organizations that might not be connected to those more traditional routes. And what we landed on, with, it seems to be the answer to almost every problem that I've, I've ran into that, that we have uh, public policy-wise. It means we just have to do a whole lot of more uh, very intentional, very challenging, uh, uh, disciplined work. Um, and basically, we're going to uh, get a group of volunteers that include some of the people I mentioned and go through Jim Witt's uh, diversity supplier list of, of 300 minority owned businesses and make sure each one of those businesses on that list has a personal uh, call or or in meeting to explain what resources are becoming available and, and how they can access it. Because I think there's no real magic uh, communication media or slogan or branding that'll get it done. It's just going to be uh, just very intentional, disciplined, hard work and making sure we're being thoughtful and, and and meeting people where they're at and getting right. them into our process.
0: Yeah. All right. Jim, you're the expert on this. Uh, you are managing uh, this network of, as Randy says, more than 300 uh, minority owned businesses. Do you worry about this challenge of some that might not be in the loop and uh, being able to, to make sure we hit everyone and that everyone knows what the resources are that are out there?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, i I really appreciate the work that Randy is, is doing and the work that we're going to be doing together to identify, you know, these businesses and get messages to these businesses. And I think that that's very, very, you know, important. Uh, you know, one of the things I want to mention is that, you know, prior to, you know, COVID, uh, we started the uh, uh, Sharp End Entrepreneurial Development Fund. It's a small fund, uh, but, the, you know, we targeted, the, you know, uh, women and minority-owned businesses. Our first round, we did about you know, $20,000 and, and uh, about, you know, anywhere from 500 to $2,000 in, in grants. And, and our grants were targeted. In mm-hmm. other words, uh, you know, they were not to be used for operating funds, but targeted uh, in a way that could help businesses either, you know, uh, enter a new market, uh, uh, some management uh, development uh, programs, uh, buy specific equipment, Uh, That's needed to enter a new market, and we found that that Mm. to be very, very successful. You know, it was a pre-COVID (laughs) nineteen initiative. COVID Mm nineteen has hit, and and that's going to kind of change our strategy. But we're going to do. We're going to continue the program. Uh, It's a small program, but it's been, you know, the the ten companies that we're working with. We feel that it's been very, very easy.
0: Good to know. Okay, thank you. Jim Witt is on the line. Um, He's with the City of Columbia's Supplier Diversity Program. We're also talking with Randy Cole from the City of Columbia and Carrie Gartner with the uh, Business Loop uh, Community Improvement District. Uh, You can join our discussion. We've just got a few more minutes. We have Tammy calling from Jefferson City. Tammy, thanks for calling. What's your uh, question or comment for us?
3: Well, I just wanted to give a